0: Praise the Lord. So, we're going to continue on with our series this morning. Last week, we started off this series entitled, What's the Point? And um, last week, we spoke about our first lesson, which was this one, which was the point of congregation, the point of gathering together, and how important it is and how the Bible tells us that we should gather together. Amen? And so... At least on some basic level, amen, most people understand that Christians are supposed to go to church. That's where Christians go, right? Most people kind of understand that. The question that we are exploring over this remainder of this month is, why? Why do we go to church? What is the point? Why do we have services the way we have services? We're also going to talk about what's the point of having a pastor? What's the point of being involved in a community? Amen. Amen. Why do we need it? What is the point of it all? So this series, the point of this series is that we are going to examine not just what the church does, but why the church does it. Someone say amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning, and why don't we all stand for the reading of God's Word. Psalm chapter 27, and we're going to read verse... 4 and 5. Psalm 27, verse 4. Everyone say amen when you're there. Amen. Amen. It says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, verse 5, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Praise the Lord. God bless you. may be seated this morning. What are some of the things we typically do in the church service? Anybody? What's some things we see at church? What happens at church? Pardon me? Prayer, absolutely. What else happens at church services here? Worship, absolutely. What else happens at church services here? Big voice, please. I can't hear people who whisper. Two people spoke. What did you say, brother? Give offering, tithes and offerings, absolutely. We have an opportunity to give. What else happens in church? Preaching? Yeah, absolutely. Preaching of God's Word. What else happens in church? Receiving with faith. Absolutely. United in spirit. Absolutely. Other things that happen in a church service? Excuse me. Right. Healing. We pray for healing. We pray for miracles to happen. Amen. Amen. We also have an altar service at the end of the service, typically, a chance to come to the front and respond to God's Word and and apply God's Word to your life. These are all different things that happen in our church service, amen? And so we understand that coming together, we entertain the presence of God. We understand that when we come together, we unite with other believers, amen? Amen? And we come together to hold each other accountable for our walk with God. This is why it's so good to come to church. Because when you come to church and you're struggling, you are surrounded by people who are victorious. Amen. And they can lift you up and they can encourage you and build you up. You know, I speak to some people and they tell me, oh, pastor, I didn't, I didn't come to church because I'm feeling so discouraged. That's like saying I didn't go to the doctor because I had my leg crushed at a sawmill. It doesn't make sense, does it? When you're discouraged, the place to be is in God's house, so your brothers and sisters can get around you and lift you up and and encourage you and build you up. We edify one another. Amen? Amen? Amen. Someone turn to the person next to them say, edify. Now, many organizations congregate for various purposes. We spoke a little bit about this last week. Business owners congregate to network to share information about their products and their services. Organizations like the Lions Club, they congregate to do good in the community. Organizations like the Red Cross, they gather together to to take blood, to fundraise for disaster relief, things like that. Groups like the Boy Scouts, they gather together to train young people in leadership skills and, and development and things like that. Sports fans congregate to cheer on their favorite sports team. What sets churches apart from those other organizations, is what we do when we congregate, is we hold the church service. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, church services are very different today than what they were hundreds of years ago. They still have the same purpose, but they have changed a lot. There's been many things done to modernize church services. Uh, Many churches have swapped out wooden pews, for padded chairs, because we want to be a little bit more comfortable. I remember I spoke to a pastor somewhere between the North and the South Pole, who told me he liked having hard chairs in his auditorium, because that way people didn't fall asleep. (laughs) And everybody looks at the roof and says, I'd never fall asleep. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Right, so he swapped out wooden pews. Um, Who remembers who was ever in church in the days when we used to use hymnals? Right? We used to. Yeah, me too. You used to have like a book and it had all the hymns, and the, and the worship leader would say, Right, let's turn to hymn number 129. And they would go chuk, 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 chuk. and start singing. And everyone would have a book. Every chair had a little a hymnal on it. And then, you know, after a little while, we got rid of the hymnals and we moved into um, overhead transparencies. Who remembers transparency days? Right I used to be the one who used to sit right down the front of the church because you couldn 't sit down the back, nice and hidden over there. You had to sit right down the front and you'd put the transparency on and you 'd be upside down, and so the writing would all be reversed on the front, and you'd be, like, whoops, turn it around you know right and then now of course we've got we've got um, a projector that projects lyrics up and, and now we hook it all into a software database that has all these songs in it, and as soon as we go, "We want to sing a new song, we can just type in a few words and there it is, ready to go, right? No digging through overhead transparencies, no going, oh, no, we don't have that latest release from Elevation Worship yet, so we'll just have to wait till we can print it. No, it's all on the internet. It's ready to go, amen? Sermons in the past often used to last for an hour. Man, if I preached for an hour, I think some of you guys would be like, come on, pastor, I've got chicken waiting, hurry up. <laughs> Amen? It used to last for an hour. I remember when some church services used to last even longer than that. Some sermons would last longer. I mean, I remember sometimes in New Guinea, we would go and the preacher would preach for an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. As a young boy, that was really uncomfortable. <laughs> right? I mean, you look at some of the Bible stories. You look at um, the story in, in Ezra. Ezra stands to read the law, and he preaches all day long. People stood all day. And listen to the preaching of God's Word. I remember when I was a young boy, um, over in Perth, we used to have um, all-night prayer meetings. Right? So prayer would start at 6 p.m., and we would pray clear through till 7 a.m. Now, I was only like 4 or 5. I still went. Mum and Dad made sure I went. I just fell asleep sometime around 8, 9 o'clock at night under a pew somewhere. But I'd wake up in the morning, and we were still there praying. Pray all night long. Now we have one-hour prayer meetings. Amen. We seem to have progressed from, um, you know, sweet hour of prayer to just a little talk with Jesus in modern day. Amen. Prayer is important. but That's another story. Praise the Lord. Um, some platforms have become very artistic. You know, they change the decoration. We don't do that here, but change the decoration depending on what season it is. But in over 2,000 years since the birth of the church. While there has been many cultural shifts in the way that churches operate and the way they do a church service, mostly the functions that the church does seems to have stayed pretty much the same. In most churches, they have time of prayer. At the beginning. And they have moments of prayer throughout the church service. We have times of prayer at the altar service. We pray for the offering. We, we pray for needs. We pray at the beginning of the day. Amen. And so, and we close in prayer at the end. So church services has times of prayer through it. Normally there is a time to join in worship. To lift your hands. To lift your voice. To lift your heart. To clap your hands. To sing to the Lord. And, and that's why we have the words up there. So everyone can sing. Amen right so we have a moment a time to join in worship most church services throughout the years have always had an opportunity to give financially you know back 2000 years ago when you would give financially brother kenneth you might bring one of your sheep but you don't have any sheep right so this day and age we bring money and for many many years hundreds of years, people have brought money into the church to bless the Lord and to give the tithes and, and to give offering. And, and even that is getting modernized as we go now with like you're able to do bank transfers and you're able to pay with FPost your tithes and your offerings, things like that. So, so everything is modernizing, but largely the functions that the church does in a church service is the same. Then there's a preaching and then there is an altar call as well. So we have quite a standard structure that hasn't really changed over the years. How we deliver it has changed, and there's been cultural changes, but many of these things have stayed the same. So what is the point of the church service, though? What is the point of the church service? The church service is here to refresh and encourage believers. If you turn in your Bibles to the book of Haggai, one of the minor prophets, it's just after Zephaniah, And just before Zechariah, so if you find somewhere with Z's in your Old Testament, you're pretty close. Church services refresh and encourage believers. Everyone say amen when you're there. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 says, "...the glory of this latter house..." shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. The church service is an opportunity to be encouraged, to have the peace of God in your heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because when we come together, this is, this is a prophecy that says, you know, as the, time, as the time till Jesus' second coming gets closer and closer, this place, more than ever before, is going to be a place of encouragement and a place of peace and a place of refreshment. Amen. And so we come to this house because we want to be encouraged. We want to be refreshed. Amen. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 talks about times of refreshing that come from the Holy Ghost. Our times of refreshing take place when we are in God's presence, amen? And where is the best place to experience God's presence? Church. Why? Because we are gathered together, we are congregated in unity with one mind One focus, one purpose, and that is to lift Jesus higher. And when we do that, God's presence moves in. That's not to say that you can't experience God's presence at home. You do. I do. You can pray and feel God's presence at home. But there is something special about coming together to a set-aside part at a set-aside time every week to spend time in the presence of God. And it is in God's presence these times of refreshing begin to come. Amen? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says to bear one another's burdens. Amen. And as we are coming together in a church service, we are refreshed and encouraged by our brothers and sisters. Why? Because they bear our burdens. They help lift the load. You know, we we come into this place so often and and things have been going wrong in our life and and work is hard and school is hard and family is hard and, and things are just difficult and there's bills to make and the cat died and all sorts of stuff have happened. And we come into this place and you can come with these burdens and you're surrounded by brothers and sisters who love you, who care for you, and they want to help lift it off your back. Help carry it for you. Help bring it to the altar and say, let me pray for you. Let me encourage you this morning. Praise the Lord. And so we bear one another's burdens, and the best place to fulfill that is in the house of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We read it this morning in Psalms chapter 27 and verse 5, but church services also provide us with a temporary sanctuary from the world. I don't know about you, but have you ever come into the church on a Sunday morning... And just gone, oh, it's so good to be in God's house. I have. I've just, I've had those weeks, right? Where you're just like, will this week ever end? That's why I love coming to God's house. It's the first day of the week, Sunday, Sunday. I can start my week off right and go, right, here I am. I can't be disturbed. This is a place of peace, a place of rest, a place of God's presence, and it is a sanctuary. Amen? That's why we call it a sanctuary. A more modern term we use is auditorium. We use it auditorium, right? But sanctuary is what it used to traditionally be called. We use that because it is a sanctuary from the outside world. It's a place to come in and to to feel safe and to worship God and to love God. It's a place where there's no judgment. There better not be judgment. Amen. It is not up to us to judge one another. Amen. It is a place for people outside to come in and feel like, wow, I can feel the love of God in this place. I feel like there are people here who care for me, who are genuinely interested in me. Amen. So it's a sanctuary. Someone say sanctuary. 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 I mean, even in the Old Testament, the temple was a sanctuary. When Saul was pursuing David, David went into the temple for sanctuary. Amen. Church services are also important because they inspire belief through the preached Word of God. Amen. Preaching of God's Word is important. Romans chapter 10. I think we read this last week as well, but why don't we just read it again? Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Right? It is in God's house that the preaching of the Word happens. Amen? It is in God's house that God's way is instructed from His Word. Amen. And it is here we can receive instruction. It's preaching that causes sinners to repent and to accept the gospel. Amen. Acts chapter two. When you look at you look at this in Acts chapter two, it's a it's a great sermon. If you've never read Acts chapter two from verse fourteen all the way through to verse uh, forty, right? Peter is preaching. And he's preaching his heart out of these people. And eventually they turn to him. In verse 37, they say, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. What does that mean? Something that Peter had been saying to them. God's spirit was operating through the power of the preaching of the word. Amen. And so they, God's spirit began to work and it began to impact their heart. And their response was, men and brethren, what shall we do? Amen. And We know what Peter said. Repent. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Right? But it is the preaching that impacts people's heart. It is the preaching that makes us want to respond to the Word of God. Someone say praise the Lord. Preaching causes saints to be perfected and edified. We read this about in in the book of Ephesians where it talks about the fivefold ministry. Pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets, apostles, right? And how that they are there to perfect the saints to do the work of the ministry. Let me give you a hint. I can't help you learn God's Word unless you're here. And I know you're here. Amen. So that's good. Right? But you've got to be in God's house to receive instruction so that you can turn around and build one another up and encourage one another and, and be strengthened in your Christian walk. Right, Church is important, isn't it? And you're looking at me like, well, pastor, we're here. <laughs> Amen. It's good. Praise the Lord. The specific approach that the church has taken to services has stood the test of time because it meets all of those needs that we've just been through. Every single one of them. But how do they fit together? First of all, church provides opportunities. It provides opportunities for us to pray. There are many, many purposes for prayer during a church meeting. We open in prayer to invite the presence of the Lord to dwell among us. Um, You know, we tend to focus on blessing the Lord when we're opening the service because we want His presence here. Amen. We pray over the offering because we want God to bless it to multiply it for the use of His kingdom. We pray for Him. Sometimes you'll see that some of our preachers, they will pray before they preach. Why? Because they want God to fulfill His Word. Amen. We pray for the needs of the people, people who come to the front. We pray for them, whether it's for sickness, whether it's for deliverance, whether it's for help, whether they just need encouragement. Right? We pray for them. Amen. We pray in dismissal because it's one final opportunity to bless the Lord. It's interesting to notice that in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus started with praise and worship and finished with praise and worship. Amen. It's good that we do the same. Praise the Lord. Coming to a church service also gives us an opportunity to worship because although we can worship and pray on our own, and we ought to do that, amen, We ought to do that. We ought to have times of praise and prayer and worship at home with our families. Amen. But coming to a church service gives us an opportunity to do it together. It is clear in Scripture that Jesus finds significance in believers that praise and pray and worship together. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. It says, giving thanks. Whoops, that's not verse 19. That's 20. It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How do you speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? In a church service. Amen. Amen. You know, it encourages me when I come into the church to see other believers praying and worshiping and and exalting God. Amen. We're speaking to one another. Just because you are lifting your hands and worshiping God, you may not be aware, but you're actually speaking to your brother or your sister that's next to you. Amen. They can see, wow, this person's connected with God. And you know what they do? They go, well, you know what? I want to feel like that too. And they go, okay, well, start worshiping God. Before you know it, they're connected with God. And then the person over here goes, well look, but they're both connected with God. I want to be connected with God as well. And so it can begin to spread. Amen. The reverse of course is also true. When we come into church so down that our bottom lip is dragging on the ground as we come in, right? If everybody comes in like that, somebody's got to be the person to go, right, I'm going to break through and worship God anyway. Amen. That's why sometimes, let me just do a little bit of teaching here, you know, the people who are here this morning, you're our regular regulars, right? You're our members here. Um, but so, so often when we have a lot of first-time visitors come in, right, people who are not churched or, or don't know what it means to be in a church service, sometimes I've seen that the people who should be worshipers, so sit back and oh, There's so many visitors here. They almost outnumber us. Amen. That's why it's important, even if there's visitors, to, to worship the God. Worship the Lord. Raise your voice. Lift your hands. Sing as loud as you can. Amen. Don't worry about what the visitors think. They know it's a Pentecostal church. They expect us to be Pentecostal. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Right? So opportunities to worship. It also gives us opportunities to give. Giving is a form of worship unto God. And it's for the work of God. When we don't give, we're not withholding from people. You know, I've had some people not in this church, not in any church that I've been a part of, more people, excuse me, more people out outside of church and not really understanding, but they say, man, that's a pretty sweet gig you've got, Jason. What do you have to do? You just have to get up and speak for an hour and people give you 10% of everything they earn. Fantastic. <laughs> How can I be a pastor? <laughs> it's not like that. Certainly in this church, the tires all go into our, into our bank account to pay for our building and pay for our funds and to, to keep the lights switched on and the air conditioners running, amen, right? Maybe I need to do. we will probably talk more about that next week or maybe the week after that when we talk about what's the point of a pastor. All he does is teach for like a couple hours on Sunday, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So giving is a form... Of worship unto God. The widow in Mark 12 gave to the treasury of the temple. We know the story, right? She had two mites. And she came in and put her two mites in. And then after her, a rich man came in with this big bag of gold. The treasure, everyone's like, wow, look at him. What a blessing. That's amazing. That's so incredible. Woo, wow. Jesus turned around and said, no, That woman has given more because she's given out of her necessity." Whereas the other guy gave out of his abundance. Amen. She was worshiping God with what she was giving. saying, it's not much. It's a lot. But I'm going to give it to God. Parents, this is why I encourage you. Right? If you give your children pocket money, or if your children have a job, or that your children get Oz study or Ab study or, or anything like that from the government, make sure they pay tithes on it. Make sure they give an offering on that. Because you are teaching them that this is an act of worship to God. Amen? Well, you can all look at me like that. I know it's true. Praise the Lord. Barnabas sold the field and laid the money at the apostles' feet. Amen? An act of worship. Right? He gave it all. All of the money he made from selling that field. So really, we only hurt ourselves when we don't give. And that's the truth of the matter. When we don't give, we only hurt ourselves. God provides many promises in the Scripture that are dependent upon our giving. Amen. Let's look at this one, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, sorry, chapter 9 rather, verse 6, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Amen. When we give to the Lord as an act of worship, God gives back to us. We don't give because we want God to give back to us. We give because it is an act of worship. And God knows our heart and our motivation and our mind and our attitude. Amen. But when we give to God with a true attitude of worship and an attitude of submission, And God takes that money and He uses it for His kingdom. But at the same time, He makes sure that your needs are met. David wrote in the book of Psalms, he said, Once I was young, but now I am old. And yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed breaking bread. Amen. It's the same thing. When you give to God, you're not going to go hungry. You're not going to miss out. God will provide everything that you'll need. Someone say, "Praise praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Another part of the church service, church services give us opportunity, but church services also expose us to the value of preaching, amen? And the preaching is the most significant aspect of the service, is because it's when souls have an opportunity to be reached by the gospel, amen? There are times when we come to God's, God's house, and there might be a particular song that really inspires us or, or makes us encouraged, but it is the preaching of God's Word, that can really start to impact our heart, and it'll hit us right where we need it to. You know, it never ceases to amaze me. I can preach, I can preach a message that I think, at my own personal opinion, is a flop. You ever had that, brother Kenneth? Yeah, it's a common thing us preachers have. We'll preach a message, we think that's an absolute flop, man. I could have like butchered that better, right? But yet yeah, someone will come up to me, I'll say, "Oh, pastor, that was so incredible." Wow, really? You weren't listening to someone else? Right? No, because when the preacher preaches, he is preaching from God's Word, and God's Word is inspired. It is filled with the power and the anointing of the Spirit, amen? And so it impacts our heart in a way that the person who is speaking may not even be aware. They're just preaching what they felt God has led them to preach, amen? And since this is why preaching is so important, because when you come in here, I don't know every situation that is going on in your life. I don't know every problem you're facing. I don't know every battle. I don't know whether there's sin in your life or whether you're okay or whether you're really struggling or whether you're on fire for God. I don't know where everyone's at. I've got an idea sometimes, and sometimes God speaks to me and says, well, you need to go talk to this person, right? But I will pray. And I will spend time studying God's Word, and I believe that when God speaks to me, He gives me a Word for where people are at. And so that's when I preach it, you hear it, and it impacts your life. Amen? So coming to a church service exposes us to the value of preaching. All throughout the book of Acts, there are people who respond to the preaching of God's Word. Every sermon has a different point. Some sermons rely on different approaches Some sermons have different passages of Scripture. But while the specific aim may vary from service to service, most servants will do three very specific things. They will confront humanity with a dilemma, whether it be sin, sickness, strife, stress, whatever. They will present Jesus Christ as the solution, and then they will compel the people who are listening to make a decision. Amen? That's the three main points of a sermon. Praise the Lord. So there's a difference between a sermon and a speech. I have some people come up to me and say, well, you must be really good at doing speeches, right? No, not really. <laughs> I don't really like getting up and doing speeches. When I, have to, I, used to, I used to work a job down in Sydney, and I used to have to do presentations in front of like, you know, CEOs and CFOs and big high-level executives and really important people who earned like 50 times what I was earning. And, you know, and I'd get up to speak and I'd be really nervous. Why? Because it's a speech. I'm not speaking with the anointing and the power of God because I'm not preaching from God's Word. But when you're preaching from God's Word, it's different. Amen? It's different. And that's what a sermon is because it comes from God's Word. So it should be Bible-based. Amen? You know, I don't know if I've ever told you this. but If I ever preach anything that you don't feel is from God's Word, come and see me. Say, well, Pastor, you know, I don't think that's in God's Word. Come and see me. We'll have a look at it together. I might be wrong. How do you know you can trust me? Just because my business card says, Pastor. Amen? We need to study God's Word. And that's why our preachers preach from God's Word. Amen? The other difference between a sermon and a speech is that a sermon is crafted to connect God, sorry, to connect you to God, not you to me. See, when I give a speech, or when our Prime Minister Scott Morrison gives a speech, or when my boss gives a speech, he's trying to connect himself to us. Our politicians are trying to connect themselves to us. But the preaching of God's Word is not about the person who's delivering it. We're hiding behind the pulpit. Our job is to get you connected to God. That's what the preaching is about, amen? But a sermon is not just enough, amen? Because if we walk out of that door and go, wow, that was a fantastic sermon. Man, pastor was swinging off the fans and doing backflips across the pulpit. That was amazing. That's not good enough, amen? Because if we don't have a chance to respond to God's Word, then we miss the point, amen? Amen? We should never leave that door without having an opportunity to respond to God's word. That's why so often I try and have an altar service every single time. Even if nobody responds, because I want to give the opportunity. Because if I don't allow that to happen, then I have robbed potentially somebody of an opportunity to come to the altar and say, I want to apply this to my life. I needed what you told me today, preacher man. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. And so an altar call enables us to connect with God further and enables us to settle God's Word into our heart and provoke us to make a change. The times in my life that I can look back at and go, that was a moment of change in my life, are the times that happened when I was at the altar. I never had my life changed dramatically for the better or for the worse just by sitting back in the pews and worshiping God. Why? Because when you come to the altar, it is a response of faith. The act of getting up from your chair back here. Sorry, Sister girl The act of getting up from your chair and coming down to the front here, it is a response. It is an act of saying, okay, God, I am going to step out. I am going to apply your word. I am going to listen to what you are trying to tell me from God's word. Amen. And so an altar call is logical step from a sermon. Amen? Praise the Lord. The commonality of all of these aspects, the prayer, the worship, the giving, the sermon, the altar call, the commonality of all of these aspects is that they involve a sacrifice. Everyone say sacrifice. Sacrifice. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, quite a common scripture. Romans chapter twelve, very um, very well known passage of scripture. We'll read from verse one. Actually, we might just read verse one. Everyone say amen when you're there. Amen. Romans chapter twelve, verse one says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice." Everyone say sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In the Old Testament. The primary purpose of gathering at the tabernacle was to make a sacrifice. I am in the middle of reading my Bible for the year, and I am up to Leviticus. Who likes to read the book of Leviticus? (laughs) Man, there is so much blood, so much animals. It's like, if you do this, what do you need to do? Go to the tabernacle, take a lamb, get it killed, sprinkle the blood, you'll be forgiven. If you do this, what do you do? Take a lamb, go to the tabernacle, get it killed. If you do that, what do you do? You take it to the tabernacle, take a lamb, get it killed. What if I don't have a lamb? Take something to the tabernacle, a couple of pigeons, get them killed. Right? It was so much sacrifice in the Old Testament. Amen? Sacrifice after sacrifice. Every single time that people went to the tabernacle, it was to sacrifice something to the Lord. Amen? So if God was pleased with those sacrifices, or if if God was pleased with their sacrifices, He visited the people with His Spirit. Newsflash, it's the same today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He is the Lord. He changes not, the Bible tells us. Right Now, that doesn't mean I want you to start bringing lambs to church and start killing them at the front. That would just be messy. Amen. But what it does mean is that God's Spirit will visit us when we come with an attitude of sacrifice. How does this apply to the church service? It means if we're just coming to the church service with this, it's just my obligation. If I don't come, pastor will ring me and then he'll be cross with me because I didn't come to church. Hello? Amen. When we come with a sacrifice, and sometimes, you know what? Coming to church is a sacrifice. You know, I tell you, Brother Kenneth, I was struggling. I'm so tired. But you know what? I dragged my sorry carcass out of bed, got Jonathan up and said, Guess what? It's church time. Yay. Exciting. Let's do it. Amen. Because even though I might not necessarily always feel like coming here, I know that when I am here... I get what I need from God, I can bless God with my life, and I can present my life as a living sacrifice, amen? And so that is the idea of the church So service being a sacrifice, is we come here because we're not coming here saying, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. We're saying, God, I want to give to you. I want to give you my life. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my mind. I want to give you my work. I want to lay all of these things down on the altar for you so that I can be a living sacrifice. Amen. Because if we bring a sacrifice to God that comes from our hearts, our minds, our souls, with all of our strength, that's when God's spirit begins to move on our heart and we begin to feel His presence. That's why you see some people come in and they just, you just, see, they just lift their hands and they start just worshiping and they begin to cry in God's Why? Because they've come with a sacrifice. You don't know what kind of week they've had out there. Amen. They might have had a week where it felt like they were getting drugged through hell backwards by their ears. Amen. And they've made it to God's house and it's been such a battle to get here. And they come in. Oh, Jesus, it's so good to be here. I worship you, Lord. And straight away, God's spirit begins to move. Why? Because they have made a sacrifice to be here. Why do you think in places like Papua New Guinea, God's spirit is just poured out and people come to the altar en masse to pray? Because some of those people have walked for two, three, four days just to get to a two-day conference sacrifice sacrifice is not something that we're really well familiar with in this country we live in a blessed country amen for us you know fasting breakfast is a sacrifice amen but if we can come with an attitude in our mind that says you know what I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what I've got to pay. I don't care what ridicule I have to put up with. I don't care what the world says. I am going to be in God's house every single time the door is open. That is a sacrifice. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that is how we get God's spirit to begin to move on our hearts and how we can worship God and we can begin to respond to God. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand this morning? I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer. Because it's one thing to congregate. Did I actually change my slide? Fair enough that. I had a slide there the whole time. It's one thing to congregate, to gather together. But the reason we gather together is to have a church service. Amen. Parents, I want to encourage you today. For those of you who have bought your kids, well done. That's great. Really good. Get your kids into God's house. I know it's a sacrifice for you sometimes. You got to drag your kids out of bed and stick an apple in that gob and throw them in the car. I get that, right? Kids like to sleep in these days, right? But well done for getting them to God's house, right? They need to know that God's house is a place where they're welcome, where we can worship God and praise God together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just go to the Lord together in prayer. Precious Jesus, Lord, we worship you this morning, oh God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, it's so easy sometimes to just get stuck in the rut of the...